Aloha. Today's episode is brought to you by the Western Extension Risk Management Education Center, USDA NIFA, and the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Ag and Human Resources and the Livestock Extension Group, as well as the University of Nebraska-Lincoln Center for Ag Profitability. Aloha and welcome to the Livestock Bala Ao, a podcast aimed to provide educational support, information, guidance, and outreach to our livestock stakeholders in Hawaii and the U.S. We are your hosts, Meli Oshiro and... Shannon Sand. Today we are speaking with John Hewlett, Extension Educator with the University of Wyoming. Thank you for joining us today, John. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, we're so glad you could join us. I guess maybe we can just start a little bit about telling everybody about yourself and your position and uh, what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll try to keep that brief. (laughs) (laughs) I came to the department uh, here in Laramie in 1987 uh, with a really strong interest in trying to work with producers in the state to solve their real-world problems and challenges that they were facing. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and, and worked for about eight different summers on a large stocker and crop operation. And then I went on to earn degrees at Montana State University and Oregon State University. So I had some experience, you know, with challenges people are facing around in some other parts of the West. But I had really strong interest and was drawn to the Rocky Mountains and the self-reliant operators here in the Cowboy State. So <laughs> honestly, I've never regretted moving to Laramie and the University of Wyoming campus, uh, where I've been since 1987. Uh, it's been a great place to live and certainly uh, have enjoyed, along with my lovely wife, and raising our seven kids out on a small operation 20 miles outside of town. So it's kind of a short way of explaining. I, I've done a lot of things. I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of great people, but uh, I am have enjoyed it all. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm going to ask a nosy question now. Cat-calf or like some other format of operation or just a mix of farming as well or i'm just gonna ask the questions john so in terms of what we do at our place yeah yeah, yeah so we have a number of different small animal op, uh, act enterprises mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm an ag economist so i think of things in terms of enterprises but um we don't have a large property and it's all dry land so the opportunities for doing much in the way of uh, what you would think of as <laughs> more commonly done on a small place is more challenging uh, oh, since we buy our water from the city <laughs> oh. literally on the other end of, on the pipeline into the into town on the city uh, treated treatment plant so we do have city water out there but it's um, it's dry and it costs a fair amount of money to buy that water. So we don't, you know, we do gardening and, and those kind of things, but, uh, but we sell eggs and we sell um, lambs and, and uh, goat kids and whatnot. And so it's been a great way to give kids chores and uh, bring them up in an agricultural lifestyle without having to incur some of the bigger costs with larger animals. I would say I think Mele can probably relate to that, yeah. to be honest. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's important for them to understand and just see, you know, be involved in those types of things, understand where the food's coming from, even if it's for a smaller animal, it still transpires to other things around them. So cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Getting back to your extension stuff, you've created a lot of programs in the past. Can you talk a little bit about some of the ones that you've created? Because you've done 
I mean, I know I've worked with you over the last several years, but I was just, you've created a lot of programs that are really like accessible. And I would say applicable to like everyday producers. Can you talk about some of those? I know that's asking a lot. That's a large question. <laughs> you have high risk, you have like negotiation and ag. There's a lot of them out there, but what would you say is maybe some of your favorite that you've worked on in the last few years? Oh, that's a difficult question, Shannon, because I oh, have sorry. had the opportunity to work on a lot of different things and a lot of, and with a lot of good people and different teams. So yeah. uh, to pick out certain things is, is challenging. Um, no, that's fine. The, you know, we've, we've done work in the area of ag labor and have a book that we published several years back called Ag Help Wanted. Those materials are online. Uh, there's a program called Right Risk that we've developed a lot of different risk management materials with that uh, we continue to work on and, and build tools and do a monthly newsletter if people are interested in that. Uh, we have done work in the area of uh, family business management, of transition planning, of, uh, you know, record keeping. We've designed and published a series of online courses that I can't even tell you all the names of. Um, but most recently, one of the things, I guess, that's uh, that I'm pretty proud of and have had a chance to work with a great team on is the Negotiation and Ag program. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your negotiation and ag program and kind of how it came to be? You had really interesting feedback and thoughts, really helped push that program to become what it is. Well, uh, we hope it's helpful. <laughs> but let me start by saying that it is certainly not my program, <laughs> uh, but rather it's a program that was developed uh, in the cooperation of a number of different educators from across several different Western states. Mm -hmm. uh, and in, those include, and I would be remiss not to list them, <laughs> Montana, Idaho, and yes, Hawaii, uh, where Shannon, you were at the time you joined our, our group. Uh, most of these folks are extension educators, but some of them are actually professionals who work in similar areas and on similar topics of the, uh, around negotiation. And so we definitely benefited from their expertise as well. So in terms of how we got started, mm -hmm. honestly, um, it came about because <laughs> several of us were getting some some of these common questions that actually touch on um, negotiation at, at the core. So questions from clientele that were looking for help uh, across a number of different kinds of of uh, challenges that they were facing. And some of those include things like the terms of a leasing arrangements, you know, property right issues like easements or fencing or water rights and so, et cetera, uh, pricing for inputs and outputs, uh, or even transition planning and the tra or if you want to think about it as the transfer of ownership and management of the agricultural operation to the next generation. And all of those touch on, you know, this whole area of negotiation in one or more different ways, which is interesting, yeah. but we didn't really have any good materials to refer people to, to help them, you know, become more aware of some of the ins and outs of that, how to approach the negotiation, as well as uh, the techniques for engaging more effectively around, you know, that topic. And so our team started pulling together some materials and um, ended up 
drafting and publishing eight different bulletins or guides up to this point, as well as uh, five different self-paced learning modules. And those are all available on our website uh, at no cost at currently. And so we, we were able to touch on a number of different topics, but we're still working to kind of round that out in terms of the suite of different things that, that yeah. we might be able to address over time. Yeah, I think that's the thing with negotiation, right? You negotiate a lot of things in your life. And if you are in agriculture, I was like any number of those things you just listed with regards to like leasing land or um, negotiating inputs, I, I think that affects everybody in every state and every region in some format. So like knowing how to negotiate and even if it's just getting a best alternative agreement mm-hmm. is just so powerful. Yeah. And you, you might have already answered this question by what you said, but um, so like you like you're saying, a lot of the questions that come from clientele is sort of how we direct, right? An extension, what we produce and the materials you put out. So one thing that I do always get a question about is the, like lease agreements, like you said, you know, and how do you figure that out? Because everywhere you go, it's you're going to have a certain different price. And here in Hawaii, we struggle with the fact that we don't really have like we don't have pay prices. We don't have those markets to go to to look for those costs and things. So is this is uh, this um, program negotiating? Would that be something like if somebody has questions about even how to start to figure out what a lease agreement would look like or those costs? Is this something that they could go to your negotiating program to help sort of start the ball rolling on something like that? Yeah, well, that's a good question, Melee, but it, but in the end, no. <laughs> the answer <laughs> is no. Instead, I mean, I, I've, yeah, under the Right Risk Program, we've developed materials and even a tool to help people, you know, try to address this business that you just sort of laid out as to what would be the right price and so on. But no, instead, this is this set of materials is more about, so I'm going to I, you know, a lot of the questions I get will be from people, they call me up for what is the right rate, and I tell them what I just said, you know, we have some materials and tools to help you, you know, maybe figure out what the rate is, or to, and so on and so forth, but, but have you thought about how you're going to approach the negotiation? They may tell me, um, you know, I just, I just inherited this, my dad passed away, he always took care of it, now there's nobody in the family that's ever done it. Uh, so it's, it's fallen to me and I don't know how to, how to engage in that. And, you know, in some cases it's a son or daughter that maybe works somewhere else. They really don't have familiarity with agriculture anymore and they're really intimidated about it. So instead we put together these materials, you know, to try to help somebody like that. So how do you actually, you know, understand what's going to happen Maybe some questions that you might ask before you actually engage, you know, the other party. Um, how do you prepare for that discussion, you know, in terms of, you know, what are some of the points that you want to make or, you know, maybe if you have a bottom line you want to protect, et cetera. So it's more, it's kind of more of a basic thing it, in many ways. It's about communication than it is about the specifics of, you know, the, the case that you may be facing. Um because again, you know, maybe a dispute over a fence line or, yeah. you know, access to water or, 
I don't know. It's I mean, crazy there's all kinds talking of things, this over yeah. with people yeah. and there's all kinds of things that come up. It's things yeah. you could never anticipate, but, but because people are people and yeah. they, you know, see things differently, then th- there may be a dispute that ri- arises. And how do you work through that? That's what we're trying yeah. to help, you know, people with that. It's just kind of the approach and to understand why maybe some people come at it a little differently than you, you know, you would think, well, why would they do that? But Mm-hmm. <laughs> it actually can make sense, some sense when you realize that, oh, they actually see it differently. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a good point. And it probably like pulls us into sort of the next area of us really talking about sort of who this programs are really addressing then or the audience for your programs. But it it seems like it really is about how to have that conversation, um, you know, and outline that. And I think that's always the first step, I really believe, in things is understanding how to have the conversation with who you're having the conversation. Yeah. You know? um, and understanding that that that's a very good point. So yeah, so yeah, we had in mind to pull these together for people that, you know, it may be generally informative. And as Shannon suggested, you know, we we end up in negotiation in lots of different ways, whether it's buying a new car or, you know, or trying to yeah. figure out which, you know, new puppy is the right one for our kids or whatever. But yeah, but um, in many ways, what we were hoping to do is to, you know, help people who want to become a better negotiator. Uh, or if they know somebody that's, you know, facing this and they want to try to help them, you know, get ready for that. Or in the case, like I described, you know, people often call me and I'll just refer them. I say, well, you know, these materials may also be helpful to you besides the ones, you know, that they get into the details Mm -hmm. so that if they go and take a look, that might actually, again, help them in one way or another. If a title, you know, sort of resonates with them or whatever to to get prepared or to better understand what's going to happen. Um, and as I said a minute ago, you know, it's funny, but the challenges were presented in the context of negotiation really center around this whole idea of communication skills. And we don't often talk about this much in agriculture, but communication skills are things that we can actually learn to not only how to approach it, but how to be better at using the skill. And um, in the general business world, you, you know, you see people talk about it. They have programs that are available and stuff to help people get better at that. But in agriculture, not so much. So it was one of the drivers for pulling this together is to try to, again, create resources that might help people be, become better at what, in many cases, is a critical sk- skill for, you know, success in agriculture. So, yeah, that, that communication piece, I think, is really, really important in ag. And it, you're right. It's one that maybe we don't focus on as much as we should for certain things, especially like, again, in terms of negotiation, I was like knowing how to communicate with the person you're talking to and making sure you're understood and that you understand them because you have two completely different points of view in life. Even if you were raised in the same town, it could be, it could be very different, very different ways you're communicating there. So. Yeah. Well, even in the same family, especially in the case oh, of yeah. this transition planning, on. right? And you, I know you've done some work in this area, Shannon, but it's, <laughs> yes. right? And yes. They just see it differently. They have different goals and objectives. And as a result, they they approach it differently and the outcomes yeah. may not be good ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometimes yeah. that's when that mediation and facilitation is really handy. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's important that, yeah, within families and outsides, I mean, when you start to talk to folks that are 
coming to from different areas of the world or um, yes. upbringings, you know, those, the processes of how they go through things are always going to be different. So understanding that and finding correct ways to navigate those conversations are, um, can be very valuable in the end. Right. And time saving, I should say in the end, <laughs> it's not repeating. Well, right the, you know, it's an interesting point. I've done a fair amount of reading in this area, but humans were created for connection. People who study this stuff, that's the conclusion they're coming to. And it's a fascinating point to make when we we have just said that we find it challenging to communicate effectively with others, even people that were are the closest that mm-hmm. we develop relationships with, we find it difficult and oftentimes uh, we get we get into some of the greatest conflicts over the silliest things, but it's be, generally because we can't communicate very effectively. And so that I don't know. I I would like to do some more work in this area, uh, yeah. but I'm struggling to be honest to discover for myself or other people that I've kind of chatted with about this how you would go about doing that. To, you know, to to truly help them. Because in many ways, these skills are things we practice all the time. We're, we're actually practicing it now, having this discussion, right? And, it, and you know, we're professionals and we, we know how to behave. <laughs> but when it gets to a family or you get into oh, a conflict. that's a totally different situation. Right? And Just we don't follow. Just even personal experience, because we've been doing our transition in estate planning on my parents' operation. I'll just pull that one out of that. I was like, and it is, it is definitely a different situation when you're in it sometimes. And I, I think I'm in general, a pretty mellow person, but I was like, there are times where it's like, okay, I have to step back for a minute. So, yeah. Yep. And so the rules are out the window and people, you know, because it matters. Yeah. And that's probably why mm-hmm. we struggle with it so much is because it really matters now. Yeah. It's my values or the things that I know are important to me or my past were, you know, and I want to make that available to my kids or whatever people have in the way of uh, the justifications that they use for behaving the way they do. But it's it makes it difficult for everybody else to try to work through to a common and agreeable solution, right? Yeah, yeah. But again, that's where like even in the negotiation and I, the that program, I think there were some pretty pretty good like solid techniques and ways to kind of set yourself up for success so that hopefully you don't have those large blowouts. <laughs> it's like and I know one of those is do not do it over Sunday or Christmas dinner. So, it was yeah. like yeah, no, that's, that's a good the point. Thing I talk about when we do that. I was like, don't do that. I was like, that's a terrible mistake. Yep. So your program materials are available online um, and accessible for folks there. But do your programs, do you do your programs in any other capacity as far as workshops or things? What have you found um, that you've been sharing with people or whatnot, what's been the best option for them to kind of get better engagement in um, your program? Well, um, (laughs) so far, you know, those are the materials that we put together and, um, and we are hoping people engage with those, but we have recently been awarded a three-year uh, Sarah Grant. And so as a result, we are putting together a training that's taking place in just a couple of weeks in uh, Bozeman, Montana. 
for educators and other folks that might, you know, be in a position to help or work with people that are, you know, potentially engaging in negotiation. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, (laughs) we've got a number, actually a surprising level of registration so far, but we've also had a number of people reach out and say that they're not going to be able to make it for that, you know, that session that we're that time, holding. It's, yeah, it's getting to be that time of year, too, though, where yeah. there's always meetings done. Yeah. So we're looking to, you know, at other options. Again, this is the first year of the grant. I didn't mention that. But uh, so we're looking at other options where we might be able to put together um, either some additional on-site programming or uh, possibly online or maybe even a combination of those two uh, down the road uh, over the next couple of years. Um, but but the uh, training materials that we're hoping to you know put together are actually practical, just like the guides and the self-paced study uh, materials that we already have available mm-hmm. to help people become better at, again, doing it. So it's in, primarily these resources intended for people who are going to work with others. Uh, to become more effective. So whether they're going to offer educational programs themselves or, you know, uh, assist them in some way. And so traditionally, negotiation is taught by role playing and, you know, actually engaging with other people. So one of the components, when I've done stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. So one of the components we have in mind is to develop an online uh, role playing kind of uh, scenario set that people will be able as as to, to experience to walk mm-hmm. through that and so we have some ideas there we have some ideas for some additional guides but to be honest we're also hoping to look for feed hoping to get some feedback and looking for people to provide us ideas of how we might develop uh, you know additional resources going forward so I don't know if that necessarily answered your question directly, Maylee, but <laughs> no, it does because that's what I was wondering. It was like how how can people get access out, outside of being online? You know, is there potential that you're gonna put on some workshops? Because like you just said, the way you learn how to communicate is by doing those role playing. And I feel like if you can do it in a in a setting where it's not challenged, right? Because Thanks. it's just an example, it's a little bit easier for you to be able to have those conversations and, you know, practice those roles. Exactly what you're saying. I don't know. I've been in some role-playing scenarios with people when I was doing my like egg mediation training. <laughs> and I was like, some of those people were very, like, they took it very seriously and were like, <laughs> gave you like the full experience. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's but it's good. I feel like that's really the way that's the way you kind of. I feel like it it gets embedded into people a little bit more of how yeah. they can deal with those types of conversations. Yeah, and, no, it was good because again, it was a safe a safe situation where exactly. it's like, yeah. Well, yeah. And a factor we haven't mentioned at all, and why, and and it's a feature of communication is that whole emotional component right and Mm -hmm. and so when you get engaged with people that are very serious or very passionate about the outcome yeah (laughs) yeah and so role-playing can bring that part out which online i don't know that you really can simulate that very effectively (laughs) i know that's the hard thing you're gonna have to have somebody who can really do the voice as well i think john Yeah, well, but it's a it's an attempt to try to challenge people in a way that you know if they can't get access to professionals nearby that yeah. may be helpful. Yeah. So I don't know. That's one idea we're hoping to pursue. And like I say, 
you know, we're likely going to be doing some updates at very least uh, out of some of this because there's several things that have come to light that people have already expressed ideas about okay. and uh, plan to develop. So um, that'll be something that we can, you know, make available down the track in terms of how to access or, you know, where those things may be offered and so on. Cool. That's very interesting. Awesome. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else that John you want to share with the program about that program or any other um, resources? I mean, when I first met you was with the right risk programs that you were doing. Gosh, years ago, John, I feel like that was like very long ago, but um, you know, so yeah, it's been I 20 see. years since we started doing right risk programming and yeah. um you know, there were other programs that we did before that, and I'm not talking about them because they're older. And, you know, there are things that we that we're currently working on here that I, you know, that are that are actually involving me a lot uh, these days uh, with a BFRDP or a beginning oh, former yeah. rancher development program grant with USDA. Uh, we're currently in our second year. Uh, looking down the barrel of the third, and that involves an internship program that's been really exciting to get some young people out on farms and ranches around the state of Wyoming. That is pretty uh, So exciting. it's yeah. it, among other things. <laughs> yeah. But I I have no uh, no loss for things to be working on, let alone <laughs> ideas, I guess for for stuff to be to um, you know maybe thinking down the road to but definitely want to thank you both for the opportunity to be part of the program as well as a uh, chance to visit about some of our efforts and uh, resources that we have put together so if we can you know help people with this or or put people in touch with some of those things i'd be happy to try to answer questions if they want to email me directly or or get yeah. online and take a look and you know i have questions well, after. we'll include your email in the show notes if that's okay, okay. then Yep, and that would be fine. I, I personally was wanting to include your website because your website lists all your different yeah. things, including like right risk, the negotiation and egg and all the webinars and everything else that you have recorded. And like, I don't know how you have time to get all of this stuff done, but it's a really long list. If y'all go to it, it's he's got a lot. <laughs> the like, answer, Shannon, is I've had good people to work with, like yourself and Melee. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, John. I appreciate you taking out the time to be here and share yeah. with us about the programs. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope our listeners found this informative and that it'll be useful to them. Also, if you have not already done so, please be sure to fill out our feedback fest listed in the show notes to let us know your thoughts about the podcast and to let us know what you want to hear more of in the future. Yeah, make sure to follow us on our social media pages, the Livestock Bala Owl and Livestock Extension Group, if you haven't already. Be sure to visit the UHC TAR Extension website and the YouTube channel listed in the show notes. For additional information about this topic, see the show notes of the podcast in the description box of our YouTube page. Thanks for listening to the Livestock Bala Owl. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast. By leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to this. And then stay tuned for next month's episode. Thanks again to our sponsors, the Western Extension Risk Management Education Center, USDA, NEPA, the Livestock Extension Group, CTAR, and the University of Nebraska-Lincoln Center for Ag Profitability. Mahalo for listening. Ahoy ho. Ahoy ho. <laughs>